Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. How many of us have ever gone into a store and when you're walking in or you're walking out have slipped and fall? Anybody? A few of us, a few of us that won't confess. But if you slip and fall in public, you're kind of embarrassed and you're kind of like, oh, I'm just going to leave and away you go. And Now this guy, not only did he slip and fall, he caused a scene, drew attention to himself before it even happened. See, grace is when we get what we don't deserve or we don't get what we do deserve. This is what grace is. And every one of us in this room, we have experienced grace in our lives. We have experienced God's grace. See, how many people here, maybe you'll confess to this, anybody ever been speeding before and get pulled over? A few honest hands, a few people just shaking their heads, nope. Anybody ever get pulled over speeding knowing you were speeding? and get away with a warning. Now, how many people know that that's grace? Right? We didn't get what we deserved. I remember getting pulled over one time, and I won't tell you what I was, how fast I was going. I was going fast. And the cop pulled me over, and I had a Saturn, and so it just had a lower front end. And I knew he didn't catch me because I met him on a hill. But as soon as he went past me, and I knew in my head, I'm like, it is way too late at night, that's a cop, because all of a sudden headlights were coming behind me. And so uh, obviously by that time, I'm like right at 80. Now I was smart enough, I was doing about 85, because on that road, nobody does 80. So I was doing about 85, and all of a sudden as I'm coming into a town, lights come on, so he's right behind me, pulls me over. And he goes, are you going a little quick back there? I'm like, I don't. It's coming up a hill. It's probably trying to get up the hill. It's a pretty big, pretty big hill. Um, it was. It was a big hill, but no, I was speeding. And so I knew he didn't have me, and he just looks at me, and this is all he said. He goes, nice low car like this. You got to be careful on roads like this. There's deer and moose. They'll come right through your windshield. You know what? That was better than a ticket. It was like, I never thought of that. And Swip slowed me down. Just a confession. I got away with a warning, but it was a good warning. If you're in line at a coffee shop, anybody been in line at a coffee shop or in a drive-thru, and all of a sudden you get up to the counter and you go to pay, and they just tell you, actually, the person in front of you just paid for your coffee. Anybody? That's grace, getting something we don't deserve. Now, I'd always challenge you and encourage you that if that happens, go ahead and pay for the next person behind you and pass the grace along. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning just about some different things like what ties you down in the Christmas season? Although Jesus is certainly the reason for this season, don't get me wrong, I don't want you to ever hear something, uh, misunderstand what I'm trying to teach you this morning. I don't believe that it's happy holidays. I believe that it's Merry Christmas. But I believe the way we approach it could possibly be a little bit different because maybe the way we approach it actually hurts the true reason for the season than what God actually wants. So I want to stretch you a little bit, but I want to be very, very, very clear that if you ask me, I will say Merry Christmas. I don't want you to misunderstand that this morning. 
But he, as Lewis talks about in the video, he says he became bound up with a religious quest to be right instead of a worthwhile pursuit to be right with people. Do we realize that as David grew in stature, they said he grew it with reputation with God and with men. See, you can be as close to God as you want, but God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. So Lewis and those who find themselves in the happy holidays versus Merry Christmas war may be trying to love God by somehow defending Christmas. But how often as Lewis and other soldiers of Merry Christmas fight, seem to lack a sense of what desires in the eyes of God when it comes to loving others. See, I love it. Lewis did it, as we jokingly say, a little bit clumsy. He was a little more forthright. And see, it's supposed to be done in love. I like the idea, I asked Richard if I could get one of his pins because I know I misplaced the other one. But this pin just simply says, yes, you can wish me Merry Christmas. Now I thought of this this morning, even just as I was talking to Richard, I was talking to some people, I was like, what if I was so excited for the real meaning of Christmas that before the cashier could look at me and say, happy holidays, I initiated the conversation and said, Merry Christmas, how are you doing today? See, we, re we respond out of, how dare you say happy holidays, but they actually greeted you first. What if we were cheerful and happy and went to them first and walked into a store and before the greeter could say, happy holidays, you walked through the door, how many people walk in and ignore the greeter, but come through the door and make eye contact, Merry Christmas? They all have name tags. I call every cashier by their name. I was at Walmart yesterday, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name, but she had a na name tag on it, and I had no clue. And so I asked her, how do I pronounce your name? And she told me, and I said it and butchered it. And, I'm like, and so I'm like, I'm sorry, how do I say it? And so she said it again, and I finally got it right. And she was smiling, because I'm trying to figure out too, how many people have ever walked through, saw her name tag, and just went. <laughs> but I, I struggled to make sure that I got her name. I don't do it right every time. But how many of us, if, how many of you here has ever worked retail? Any retail people? Keep your hand up for a second if you've worked retail. How many people know when you work retail, Christmas sucks? Right? Like, I worked retail as assistant manager of a store growing up, and I remember working Christmas Eve to the final hours so all you men can get your presents. And then when it was closed, and you're closing the doors late because there's still people in the store, and finally you get the doors closed, and guess what we have to do? We have to set up. Because in about 36 hours, all you crazy people that just got presents need to come out and buy more stuff. And so we gotta set up for Boxing Day. 
And I remember driving into the mall, one of the first years working at the mall, and driving in on Boxing Day morning and seeing the parking lot full of cars. And I honestly was like, am I late? Did I mess up? Did I forget what time we're opening at? This isn't good. I'm one of the managers. This is not good. I get out of the car and I walk in to the mall. Nope. The food court is just jammed with people waiting for a door to crack open. So I'm encouraging you this week, as you walk into stores, don't wait for them to greet you. Greet them. Merry Christmas, Chad. How are you doing? Very well. Doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. Merry Christmas, Brian. How are you doing? Love you, brother. Merry Christmas, Chad. How are you doing? <laughs> but what happens if you walk in, you say Merry Christmas, and you read their name tag and call them by name? What if we initiate? God's love. There is a real lack of love and mutual respect when people feel the first response of judgment and correction. See, Jesus said in John 13, 35, people will know that you are, are my, oh, you, that we are disciples of his by the way we love one another. When we walk into a store, do people know that we're the, his disciples? Do you realize, and get me, don't, I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration. It frustrates me. It frustrates me. But do you realize that when somebody says to you, happy holiday, especially in a store, they're being told they can't say anything else. They can't. Because their head person said not to. So if they say something else, they could lose their job. You might look at them and say, as you come through the door, real quick, you know, you walk through the, the door of the store and just look right away and be like, Merry Christmas, Jim. And he's able to look at you and smile. And he may not say anything because he knows, I'm not going to say happy holidays to you. I really wish I could say Merry Christmas to you, but I need my job. We just don't know. But what if we extend God's love all the time? It's about how we love them. And I love what he said, it's about being right with God and right with people. It's not how we are to prove that we are right. Grace is less about being right and more about being right with one another. We've walked this way for a long time. When we get religious stuff into our lives, and don't get me wrong, I love Jesus, I just don't really like religion. And when we get religion into things, that's where we feel weighed down. And that's where people don't want to be a part of the church because they don't understand the relationship of Jesus, but they've heard tons about religion. And you'd be catching people's attention if they asked you, oh, so you're a religious person. No, I don't like religion. I love Jesus. I remember the first time I said that to a bunch of teachers that I was helping coach a rugby team with. And they're like, well, Chad, you're a religious guy. And I'm like, no, I hate religion. You should have seen their eyes perk up. And I'm like, I love Jesus. And they're like, you have to explain that to me. And so I had about a 40-minute bus ride to share Jesus Christ with them in a way they never heard before, simply because I was honest with them and said, there's a lot of stuff that we've done as a church that we've done wrong. And if I read in Scripture, Jesus really doesn't care. Do you realize who Jesus called out and got mad at in the Bible? 
the religious people, us, us. He didn't get mad at your neighbor. He got mad at you. Whoa. But Jesus, oh, shoot. If Jesus came here today, would we accept him? See, we read the scriptures and we understand, well, that was Jesus. But the religious people of the day didn't even know it was him. But we are supposed to love them. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And see, if you read back, we were talking about John 13, 35, but if you read verse 34, it says, and Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. There was very rarely times that Jesus got mad at his disciples. He corrected them, but he corrected them to strengthen them. Jesus loves people. We are called to love. This is what he's called us to do. Do you realize, understand this, who were in the stable? Who was at the stable when Jesus was born? Mary and Joseph, but who came to see them? Shepherds, and who else? Wise men. Do you realize the shepherds, they had a position, they had a job that nobody really looked, really kind of looked highly upon? It wasn't like, Kids growing up were like, I want to be a shepherd. And parents were like, yeah, it's great. Right? Like, and I'm not knocking. Everybody has a role and everybody has a spot that they're supposed to work. But the shepherds, they weren't the ones that everybody was like striving to be like. And then you got the wise men showing up. They have positions almost like kings. And they're walking in with gifts for Jesus that the shepherds wouldn't be able to buy if they saved their money for their whole lifetime. So here you are, and I know the manger's not here, but like here you are in the manger scene. And on one side, you have a shepherd who is just cuddling with a sheep out in, the, out in the field, probably has poop on his feet, let's be honest, right? And could be right beside him. I know we always set them up that the shepherds are on one side and the wise men are on the other. We don't know, it was a crammed barn. They're all crammed in there. And then what's happening is a shepherd who stinks is standing beside this guy who's got a million-dollar suit on. And they're all there together to see baby Jesus. Do you know that Jesus came for everybody? We need to consider the arrival of the Christmas season. We remember that it's all about love. It's all about love. If we love God but miss loving our neighbors, we've missed the way God wants us to experience a Merry Christmas in the first place. The gift of grace allows us to love our neighbors, whether they greet us with a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or, or nothing, just a nod. Grace makes room for people and gives them space to come near and experience love, even if they have a different perspective than we do. From the day Jesus was born, there was room for all kinds of people to come near to God. How many people here just appreciate the fact that God extended you grace so you could come and encounter him? How many? If you don't have your hand up, I'm not sure if you've experienced God yet. I don't know about you, but when God continuously pursued me, I was not in a place where I ever thought God would go. 
but he constantly seeked after a relationship with me, which still blows my mind that Jesus, the Son of God, pursued me to have a relationship with me. I don't know about you, but that should humble every one of us. It should completely humble us. Because at one point in our, not, our lives, we were the one, while the rest were the 99. Jesus left to find us. So what puffs you up? See, Lewis was full of pride. He was full of anger and full of judgment, full of, of himself. Nobody enjoys being around such these, of these people, right? How many people love being around people that are just either full of themselves or angry? No, oh, okay. Right, like, when all of a sudden you're like, hey, we should invite somebody over to hang out. Who should we invite? The angry, prideful person is not at the top of the list. Right? The people that are loving, the people that extend grace, the people that want to have people of love around them. This is, this is how they switch a room. This is how people with love can change the situation. They can change the atmosphere. A person full of grace not only has received a gift, but also becomes a gift to all who come into contact with that person. If you've truly received grace, you should be able to extend it to others. Because here's something that we should all remember, and we all know this, but it's just a fresh reminder. I want you to hear this like you've never heard it before. A person does not earn grace. You didn't earn it. It was a gift. And now that you've received it, we're supposed to give it to others. In Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, Paul writes this. By grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. In other words, the only way to get saved is by receiving a gift straight from the hand of God. This gift is called grace. I think somewhere along the line, Lewis passed, in Lewis's past, he likely received a gift of God's grace into his life. But somehow... Just like some of us, the grace he received got mixed up with religion and the need to be right. As Lewis says, all this time I've been bound up by religion. I don't want to be bound up anymore. I don't know about you this morning, but many of us need to just lay down our desire to be right and be right with God and right with people. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace. I don't know about you, but every morning I wake up, the one thing I need more and more of in my life is grace. Every day. It's interesting. The closer I get to God, the more he shows me who I am, and all I know is I just need more of his grace. I need more of his mercy. The verse in James, James is quoting a principle from the Old Testament. Proverbs 3.34 says, Towards the scorners, God is scornful, but to the humble, he gives grace. Too often, Lewis is just like some people that think of, that this is, Lewis is the person that people think of when they think of church, when they think of the word Christian. They hear, oh yeah, how many people have heard this from their neighbors? Oh yeah, you're the anti-people. 
You're the anti-dancing. You're the anti-smoking. You're the anti-card playing. You're the anti-movie going. You kind of get the idea, right? To be a Christian, I can't do all of these things. But what if all of a sudden we were able to get them to switch their thinking? What if we could get them to a point where they say, when we say the word Christian, people begin to say things like this. Oh yeah, you're the ones handing out popcorn at the parade. Oh yeah, you're the ones who do a free meal the third Friday of every month. Oh yeah, you're the ones who help the single mom move the last minute. What if this is what people begin to think? Grace is a gift and it must be received to be experienced. So at one point in your life, you chose to receive it. This is what others need to do. Your neighbor needs to be able to receive grace, but are we extending grace? Are we extending the love? Last point, let it go and be set free. Grace is ours to give as well. We are to give it out. We are to give to people. But can you extend grace this Christmas season when you are circling the parking lot and you see the open spot and you're about to pull in but somebody gets in there first? Are you able to extend grace? Can you let it go when the turkey is burnt on the outside and pink in the middle? How can we free others this season? Can we lower our standards? Can we help and extend love? See, the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 58, he writes this. No, this is the kind of fast I want. I want you to remove the sinful chains, to tear away the ropes of the burdensome yoke, to set free the oppressed, to break every burdensome yoke. I want you to share your food with the hungry and to provide shelter for the homeless, oppressed people. When you see someone naked, clothe them. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. When your light, then your light will shine like the sunrise. Your restoration will quickly arrive. Your godly behavior will go before you and the Lord's splendor will be your rear guard. Then you will call out and the Lord will respond. You will cry out and he will reply, I am here. You must remove the burdensome yoke from among you and stop pointing fingers and speaking sinfully. You must actively help the hungry and feed the oppressed. Then your light will dispel the darkness and your darkness will be transformed into noonday. The Lord will continue, continually lead you. He will feed you even in parched regions. He will give you renewed strength. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring that continually produces water. Your perpetual ruins will be rebuilt and you will reestablish the ancient foundations. You will be called the one who repairs broken walls, the one who makes streets inhabitable again. Remember what Lewis said, religion is wanting to be right, but grace is wanting to be right with others and God. Let us share that love this Christmas season. Let us extend that grace if you're worried about happy holidays or Merry Christmas, be the first one to say it. Be engaging, be loving, light the world with your smile and wish everyone that you come in contact with a Merry Christmas before they can say anything else. Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace in our lives. Help us to extend that grace. Help us to be that extend grace this Christmas and extend your love. Help people to know that we are your disciples by the way we love them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Please sign up at the back. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.